Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. What if AI could help your business deliver mission-critical outcomes with speed? With IBM Consulting, your business can design, build, and scale trusted AI using Watson X and modernize the way you work to accelerate real impact. Let's create AI that transforms your business. Learn more at ibm.com slash consulting. IBM, let's create. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Welcome to Good Calls with Dean Blandino, a production of iHeartRadio. All right, what's up? It's Dean Blandino. This is Good Calls. We've got a great show for you. I, I do want to say that our, our guy here, Travis, did do a rap over our intro music. I gave it a shot. And although I, you know, I would actually rank him in my, in my rankings of your of top five, top five MCs. <laughs> like for me, I mean, guys like Guru and Rock Him and Tupac, then Travis, I think he, he might gotta be put Eminem fourth. Ahead. Eminem ahead of me though. I think he might be fourth on the list. <laughs> then maybe Eminem. Oh, thank you. Travis, thanks for, uh, thanks for being there as always. Joe Madrid on audio. Not a rapper. Not a rapper. I could dance though. I'm not a I'm a lover, not a rapper. Let's uh let's get into it. Let's talk NFL week ten. And and it started out the week really it started quiet early in the in the early games and then it ramped up and there there's definitely a lot of stuff to talk about and, and so our big game of the week, Carolina and Green Bay, ended with a replay review and, and the Packers were ahead, Panthers were driving down by eight. So they have to score and obviously go for two and uh, an interesting call. They actually, it was was four seconds on the clock. So, so chances are this is your only shot unless you get a penalty. And they, they ran a, a run up the middle to McCaffrey, hoping, hoping to catch, you know, the, the, the Packers by surprise. McCaffrey looked like he was stacked up. He was on bodies. He, he stretched for the goal line and was ruled short, went to review, and the ruling on the field stood. And look, this is one of those deals that even with even with all of the camera coverage, there's a couple of reasons why a call on the field stands, and we'll, and we'll talk about this one. This was one where we just never got a look at where the ball was in relation to the goal line. And and I know, Travis, you had sent me that Albert Breer, you know, who's a, who's an NFL writer, had had tweeted out about the call. And, and what did what did he say? Albert Breer said he's a he's a writer here. He said I think McCaffrey McCaffrey probably got the ball across at one point or another, but there's no good look at it. The keyword there's probably. Yeah, when you start saying probably and think and look, we knew this when we brought replay back in 1999 that that and even and then imagine in 99 there were, there wasn't high definition. I mean, it was standard def. Go back and watch a football game in standard def. 
and and tell me if you looks can like make, it's being broadcast from Afghanistan you, from like underwater. Yeah, it's insane. Bad. And so Crazy. so we knew that there were going to be situations where even with the camera you know, right down the line, which here it's a goal line play that, that you weren't going to get a great look all of the time. And this was one situation where because it happened at the goal line, there were bodies in the way. We never got to look at the football. So the call on the field stood. And, and, and that's the thing. You think about the the coverage in games and Sunday night football, you know, you probably, you know, you could have 25 cameras on on. During the day on Sunday, depending on what what crew it is, you might have eight to ten cameras. And and the thinking was the competition committee thought about that and they said, okay, well, you're going to have teams playing with more camera coverage. But they felt like, okay, the two teams that are playing in that game, they're under the same parameters. They have the same camera coverage. And then there was a lot of conversation. Well, hey, but what about, you know, if if my division rival, you know, one of the teams in my division has more primetime games and they're going to have greater coverage than the games that I have. And, and the competition committee said, look, the game that you're playing, you're, you and your opponent are, are playing under the same parameters. And and that's the, you know, that's the equitable part of it. It's never going to be perfectly equitable. But this was obviously a situation. This is the game. You'd love to have the clear look to say either he scored or he didn't. But the call in the field stood. And that's, like I said, to start, there's one of two reasons why a call in the field will stand. It's that you don't have enough information to make a definitive ruling. Here, we just didn't see the football. The second reason a call on the field will stand, this goes to our second play that we're going to discuss. This was another one of our games, Rams-Steelers. And this was a big play. ends up being a big play in the game. Jared Goff gets hit. Ball comes loose. The Steelers pick it up, Minka Fitzpatrick, and 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 runs it in for a touchdown. It goes to review, and this was a play pass fumble where we had all the looks. You you see the football the entire time. Then it just comes down to judgment, right? And and if we don't can't say definitively that the hand came forward with control. And when you're talking about control of the football, that can get subjective. So the booth actually, it's an automatic review. The booth looked at it. They didn't stop the game for further review. They determined, which is part of that process. What happens? Scoring plays, turnovers inside two minutes. The replay official is looking at all reviewable aspects of every play. This was obviously an automatic review because it resulted in a score. It was a turnover. And, uh, and they determined that either they couldn't tell whether the hand was going forward and they knew they weren't going to change it, or they determined that the hand wasn't coming forward with control and, and they were going to let the play stand and uh, and they didn't stop the game for a further review. Bottom line is, you look at that play, and I immediately, my initial reaction was pass. I thought the ball was coming, the hand was coming forward, initial movement of the hand coming forward, intentional movement, is a forward pass. I thought the hand was coming forward. Then I started to look at it. There was one angle from behind where it looked like maybe the ball came out before the hand came forward. But then there was a sideline shot that it did appear that the hand was coming forward. Look, if if you don't, if one angle shows one thing and another angle shows something different, then you always revert back to the call on the field. And that's basically what they did. They, they determined that um, they weren't going to change it. To me, it it looked like a forward pass. I certainly would have liked them to stop the game and, and looked even further, but uh, it certainly looked like a forward pass. But uh, but again, big big play in the game because that ends up being a one score game. I thought it looked real tuck ruley, like he was going to bring it back down. Yeah. So let's talk about the tuck rule for a second. So 
It's a pass. The forward movement of the hand starts the passing motion until he starts to bring the ball back toward his body. And and so the key is if I start the hand forward and I lose it before I start to bring it back down, it's a pass. If I start to bring it back down, then I lose it. It's a fumble. Now, the old tuck rule, it was a fumble until I actually tucked it all the way to my body. So it was close. It really was one where the defender actually hit Goff's yeah. hand, hit his arm. And uh, and the question is, did the hand come forward? You know, I thought it was a pass. I, I didn't think... I didn't think that that if it had gone to review, letting it stand was was so outrageous because it was so close. But this is again, these calls are so close. And you're talking about subjectivity when you're talking about movement and control. And there was a thought back in 99 when we were putting together the list of reviewable plays. There was a thought to saying, you know, don't make possession plays reviewable because because they are subjective catch no catch things like that but they happen so often they're so they're so impactful that the committee ultimately felt hey we got to review these plays but you go back you know if a, if a ruling on the field initial in the initial rule in 1999 if the if the ruling on the field was an incomplete pass wasn't reviewable you couldn't make it a fumble and then obviously plays happened where they were fumbles then it was okay. You have to have a clear recovery. So, so that that's how the rule evolved over time. And now we're looking at these subjective things, and uh, and we're going to get into a little bit later the 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 king of all subjectivity, pass interference, which is now reviewable, which we're debating every week. And uh, and quite frankly, you know, I felt like I struggled this weekend with that, and and we'll talk about that in a uh, in a little bit. But um, can we go back? To, yeah. Can we go back to the McCaffrey play? Another thing that I saw in that, that I wanted to ask you is in in that play, you see the offensive lineman kind of grab a hold of him and try to pull him towards the goal line. Is is that allowed? Well, the rule the rule states I thought it was the, just push. the rule states you can push, but you can't pull. Uh, a teammate at the ball carrier, a teammate can't pull at the ball carrier and help him advance um, the football. Uh, that I can't remember the last time that was called. Yeah, and, there was another one in in the Cowboys Giants game on Monday night that looked very similar. To that, we've but- seen, yeah, we've seen we've seen a lot of examples where, yeah, by the letter of the the law, by the letter of the rule, you could you could certainly call it and say, yeah, look, he grabbed him, he pulled him, he pulled him in. Typically, you see it at the goal line, you know, or the line of game when you have those big piles. Again, it's so when you have when you have the pile of players and the offense is pushing and the defense is pushing and you have that big pile, it's really difficult for an official to see that and to say, you know, was was he truly grabbing him and pulling him? I haven't seen that call made in in probably I think the last time it was called maybe in the eighties and and mm. we're going back. We we probably have some people listening that weren't even, you know, don't even know what the eighties were. Um <laughs> but but the thing is it's in the rule book. It's one of those rules that you very rarely, like like we said, it, it's very rarely applied. And uh, and I think, again, at that point, it's survival of the fittest. I, I have a question about that play too, Dean. Yeah. So we looked at the second camera angle, the long shot down the goal line, and it was being blocked by a couple of the wideouts. Do coaches ever coach, hey, get out of the way? Move. Do you think that that's something? Yeah, that I don't. Talking you about? know, I don't think that. I don't think it goes that deep. I really don't. I think you have you have players that are just whatever their assignment is whether you know their receivers are running around or they're blocking I don't think it goes that deep you do okay. you do sometimes see you see the camera the officials actually in great position because the officials on the goal line and they end up blocking the camera yeah. and and so depending on on how high the camera is and can you get that look 
and and this is a discussion that has happened for many years. You know, should the league should the league install fixed cameras at every that stadium? That was my next question. You know, yeah. So, so or, or what about like a sensor in the ball and on the goal line? You've talked about that and, and yeah, why you don't a, think that's a sensor something. in the ball. Look, I think that works for that works for sports like soccer because there's no there's no third variable like the knee down right or exactly so in soccer it's the ball and the line and then so we we can tell that the ball crossed the line you know with the sensors or whatever that technology is but with the football we could yeah there there's location technology there's 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 trackers in 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 you know the players are wearing gps that they can track you know and all this next gen stat stuff and how fast they run and 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 the distance and things like that and and the league has experimented with chips in the footballs to show in terms of distance traveled and speed and on all of those things. But again, you could locate the football, but can you locate it and know when, at what moment in time is the play over? You know, right. when is the knee down? When is the elbow down? So there's an added variable that makes it that much more complicated. And, and look, technology is changing every day. And it's, it's, you know, Joe tells us every day how amazing his Tesla is and the technology and, and all the technology and how it's, you know, it literally, it literally, you know, it drives him to work and it does all these things and it reminds him to pick up his dry cleaning, all this amazing technological <laughs> advancements. And uh, so we'll get there someday, I think. But, but again, right now, it's uh, it's not feasible to implement that technology and to and to efficiently implement it and apply it. So, uh, but it's definitely an interesting an interesting topic that will be. Yeah, discussed that's definitely one further. that people are always asking me, and I was like, I'll ask Dean. That's a good one. Yeah, that is a good one, Travis. Um, I just imagine Travis like walking around. He's at the you know he's at <laughs> Trader, Trader Joe's or the farmers market. And he's like, hey, you know, I'm on this podcast and and with the officiating and rules. Oh. Really, you know what, Travis? Could you ask this question? And and I've always wondered this, you know, while they're looking at you know cantaloupes. But <laughs> so let's go. Let's shift gears a little bit. Let's talk about Detroit, Chicago. This was an interesting, an interesting scenario at the end of the game. And we always talk about we talk about the two minute drill. We talk about hurry up offense, ball mechanics. And this was a play where Detroit is down. They're out of timeouts. The, they the, were inside of 20 seconds. And, and Kenny Galladay catches a pass. He's hit. His progress has stopped. At It looks like it probably could be the 26, maybe the 27-yard line. But there's 16 seconds left at the end of the down. He gets up, and he runs <laughs> the ball into the hash. And he puts the ball down on the twenty-five. Now he it, it's at even, least two yards. Up. Even being generous, we'd <laughs> give him the twenty-six with progress, probably closer to the twenty-seven. But he puts the ball down on the twenty-five. The umpire is going to spot the football most of the time in that hurry up. The umpire comes down. The center actually picks up the football and hands it to the umpire. The umpire does look mechanically. What has to happen is the umpire should look to the line of scrimmage official, the wing official, to get the spot. And the umpire does look, but it happens so quickly that he just puts the ball down almost just shy of the 25. So gave the Lions a little bit of, of room there. But again, mechanically, and what the umpire actually does is, and they're taught to do this, if time is of the essence and you can't get back into the offensive backfield because their normal position is in the offensive backfield opposite the referee, probably 10 to 12 yards deep. 
the umpire in this situation actually went to the old spot in the defensive backfield because anticipating a spike play, you want to get out of the way, get out of the operation. Don't don't interrupt the operation of the snap and get out of the way. So he went to he went to the defensive backfield. But again, he did look, but he really didn't put the ball in the right spot. And and look, it's really easy for us to look at this on tape and watch it. They're in the moment. It's a fire drill. Right. That's the that's where officials, you know, everyone earns their money there, where no timeouts, offense is rushing to the line. He's got to look, see the spot, put the ball down, get out of the way. They're going to snap it. They got to make sure everybody gets set, spike it. It's such a hectic situation. But again, that's what that's what the mechanics are. And so him going into the defensive backfield is okay in that instance. But what we would talk to players about and coaches about is especially when a ball is when the ball is dead outside the hash or outside the numbers, right? You want to you want that receiver, that ball carrier to look for an official. And it's going to be typically the umpire. Look for an official. Don't throw the ball to the to the sideline. Don't throw the ball to the official on the sideline because now you throw the ball to that official. That official, if they catch it, if they have good hands, and not every official has good hands, if they have good hands, they're going to throw that ball back into the middle of the field or have to run it to the umpire. So you're going to waste time. So what Galladay did was smart. He ran it to the hash because that's where the umpire met him. But he's got to hand the ball. You should hand the ball to the umpire. Don't put it down. Hand the ball to the umpire. And, uh, and if the umpire's not there... His last resort, put the ball down. But again, don't throw the ball out to the boundary. Move it into the hash, and uh, and that will be the quickest and most efficient way to get the ball spotted because they got to get lined up. Because in that situation, if the if the lines don't get lined up and everybody gets set for, for a second and they snap the ball, guess what? We got a false start, 10-second runoff. Lions fans don't want to be reminded of that rule. <laughs> and, uh, and in that instance, probably with the ball down, there was about nine seconds, 10, nine seconds game over and uh you know as it stood chicago did hold on and and the yard yard and a half didn't it wasn't of consequence but it could have been who knows if that's the line to gain and they give him a first down all of those things happen but it happened so quick when i saw that i just laughed because it's like some most old school yard stuff like you're out on the playground and you're like oh no no i'm down here and you, you reach the ball up, out of romo a did it a few years, yeah. years back so if if the referees can they get involved there and say and, and just they don't need to like go to replay necessarily, but can they just say, no, no, I'm going to look, see where the guy is, stop the clock for a second, get it on the ready, they place it at the right spot, and then go? That's a good question because, look, with un- with 10, 9, 8, 7 seconds, the last thing you want to do as a crew is stop the clock. Right. Because now, you've given, now right. you've given the Lions an ex- a, a, an Again, Lions fans are not going to want to, you know, because they they're going to sit there and go, "Hey, we need one. You, we've this we've earned one. Every we've time. earned every week it's a break." <laughs> in 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 this instance, but the last thing you want to do is stop the clock because now you've stopped the game. It's a timeout basically, and that's a real advantage, especially for the offense trying to get lined up. So the right. last thing, and I think, look, the, they did the best they could. You wish that the umpire, when he looked, if we, I can't, I haven't seen the all twenty-two. I don't know where the line of scrimmage official was. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe he. Maybe he missed the spot. Maybe he was at the 25. I don't know. But he should look up and see where that spot is and put the ball down. But, again, in that hurry up, the last thing you want to do is stop the clock. I mean, that they're, they're taught to, you know, you're taught even on line of gains, if the line of gain is in question, rule on it. Make it a first down or not. Don't stop the game unless you absolutely have to because you are creating a timeout in a situation that can be a, a, a huge advantage for a team. 
So we should have a class. Maybe UCLA or USC wants to, to offer a class where Dean Blandino teaches the rules of football. Hey, I think that'd be great. Let's, let's do it. Let's so who's getting a call from Riveron tomorrow? What do you mean? Which For that play where he misspotted the ball. Well, I think that's something that the crew will go over. I think the crew will talk about that. Look, every crew, when their game is over, depending on if if officials if officials can get out that that night, they'll tend to get out that night, you know, get to to the airport. If they're staying over, they'll meet as a crew at the hotel and they'll go through the game. Um, if they don't stay over, each official has a copy of the game. They leave the game. They're reviewing it on the plane home. However, they're getting home. They're looking at it. So, so I think the crew is gonna gonna review that. I'm sure the office, Al Riveron, a supervisor, somebody will talk to the, to the crew, the umpire, just about hey, what happened? What was you know mechanically? Here's here's what we saw. Give us your you know give us your take on what happened, and they'll just talk through it. And again, that's something that officials drill. That two minute that two minute hurry up is such a it's such a hectic hectic situation. Um, is that something they would get downgraded on? No, you know mechanically, I don't think it looks. It looks bad, right. like like in a vacuum. You know, you watch, you go, oh my god, he Galde ran and gave himself two yards. But when you take factor in, into everything that has to happen, oh, and the pressure, that's and the going pressure, yeah. and and really what the umpire, what he's focusing on is, I need to get the football down. And I need to get the heck out of the way, and then I have to, you know, they're gonna, you're you're, you're anticipating a spike play, but you got to make sure, hey, does the does the center snap it clean? Is there a false start? All of these things. And literally the plans at 16 seconds and he has the ball putting it down at 10 seconds. It's not a lot of time no. with everything that's happening. And so I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't downgrade officials for that, but it's definitely a learning. It's a learning experience. Mm -hmm. It's, it's definitely a play that you can learn from and talk about and show for other crews to talk about what, what we would do in this situation and how we can, you know, be more efficient or just make it cleaner the next time. So. But it's an interesting play. But that's one social media, and everyone was going to take that little snapshot and send it around and go. I feel like the the officials are like more pressure because it's the Lions. Like, all right, these guys have have already had it rough enough. You know, they don't. I don't think the officials think that. But there's so you know, much pressure. There's on these so guys. much pressure on in every game. But I think we'll talk about that later with the pressure and everything. Oh, we're definitely going to talk about that. We're definitely going to talk about that. But hey, let's take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about everybody's favorite subject. We got another Hall of Fame quarterback tweeting. And we're going to talk about pass interference review next on Good Calls. If your business needs a new application, then developers will have to write code, a lot of code. If an application needs to be modernized, then you'll need time, resources, and caffeine. If that sounds daunting, then you need Watson X Code Assistant, AI designed to multiply developer productivity so you can generate code quickly. Let's create a more modern foundation for business with Watson X Code Assistant. Learn more at ibm.com slash code assistant. IBM, let's create. This Father's Day, shop at the Home Depot to find the perfect gift to help dad be everything he can be. Because your dad is more than just a dad. He's groundskeeper of the yard, the perfecter of the patio, and the cleaner of the clippings. He's the weed-fighting, hedge-trimming, leaf-blowing lord of the lawn. He sees the job, and he gets it done. Because your dad is a doer. 
so show him you appreciate everything he does with the tools he needs to power up his landscaping game. This Father's Day, give him the convenience and gas-like power of innovative and durable Milwaukee cordless outdoor tools from the Home Depot. Plus, get up to $150 off select Milwaukee tools. For everything Dad does, everything he is, and everything he can be, find the perfect Father's Day gift at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Shop for Father's Day now in stores or online at homedepot.com. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant, just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. All right, welcome back. Let's uh, let's continue the discussion. Let's talk a little past the French review and. And this is becoming, you know, kind of a thing this year. 2019 is the is the year of the Hall of Fame, the current Hall of Fame quarterback or the future Hall of Fame quarterback tweeting right. about something that happened. This was Monday Night Football, not Thursday night. Monday night, Giants-Cowboys. Uh, our colleague at Fox Sports, Troy Aikman, tweeted during the game. Travis, what did Troy have to say? Yeah, Troy said, our league has a lot to address this offseason as consumer confidence continues to wane. Yeah, you know, that that's a pretty those are pretty strong. That's a pretty strong sentiment yeah. from somebody that is obviously so well respected in the NFL Hall of Famer, and uh, and still obviously has a big presence with the game. You know, being the the lead analyst uh, for for us at Fox on NFL coverage, and and really, I think the I think the the driver behind Troy's tweet was probably a combination of things, but it was you know there was a play in the game where where the it was I think it was Chidobi Awuzi who played through Evan Ingram's back, and Pat Shermer who has not had good luck with these pass interference reviews because I think he's had a couple that looked looked clear that he didn't get overturned. You know, Pat throws the flag, the call on the field stands, and it looked to me like like Awuzi was playing through Ingram's back, and that was pass interference. And then a couple too. plays later, you get DeAndre Baker, the defensive back for the Giants, the rookie. Um, he gets called for pass interference, a pretty big, you know, penalty. I think it was you know twenty five, twenty six yards, and it looked like minimal contact. So, so there's frustration there. And this was this was there was an article, Travis, that you shared with me, the Kevin Seifert from ESPN, you know, and he talked to he talked to John Parry, who's a former referee that is now doing rules analysis for for ESPN. He talked to Glenn Johnson, who was the the former vice president of officiating for the Canadian Football League, mm. and the CFL actually has been reviewing pass interference for several years, and 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 Glenn talked about the growing pains and how how really how tough it was the first couple of years for them and and the impact and John Perry talked about this as well the impact that the review process has had on the on-field official and we talked about this earlier in the season and this was a concern you know I talked to Mike Pereira about this and we had this same concern is that 
we've created different standards. There's an on-field standard for pass interference, and that cannot change. The rule is written for the on-field officials to make decisions in real time. And so they're making their decision, and now they're seeing calls go to review and, and some that look like clear-cut pass interference that are not getting overturned. So if I'm an official, I'm going, okay, they're not overturning that. I don't need to call that, right? Or, mm-hmm. I'm, or I'm calling something, and then I see it overturned, and and so there's this this standard of on the field. Then there's a standard of of in replay. What is clear and obvious enough to overturn? And then there's a standard inside of two minutes, where we saw two plays on Sunday. The the last play of the Arizona Tampa game, where where Arizona's behind. Kyler Murray throws a pass, and it looked like there was contact before the ball arrived, potentially through the back. No flag. And then you had a fourth down play in the Rams-Steelers game where it looked like there was pass interference in the end zone or at least contact that might have been pass interference, not playing the ball. And I think in both of those, and I feel and I feel pretty strongly in this statement, I feel like in both of those plays, if the flag was thrown, the call would not be overturned in replay. But since the flag wasn't thrown, the call is not being created and replaced. So you have two standards. Right. And some people say, look, it's either pass interference or it isn't. And that's when you start reviewing subjective calls, you create these different levels. And I think that's what's affecting. It's affecting people that are watching the game. Like Troy said, you know, the consumer confidence. And I think it's starting to it's starting to to kind of seep into the official on the field and their psyche as to they're seeing these decisions being made in replay. And you always, always, always try to tell the officials, look, don't worry about replay. Call the game. Replay will come in and fix something that needs to be fixed, but you call the game. But I think it's getting really hard to separate those two when you talk about these subjective calls. You know, and there's even there was even a play Sunday night where where Mari Cooper, it was, I think the Cowboys third touchdown where it looked like he made an unbelievable catch control two feet down, but it looked like he pushed off. The Vikings were complaining automatic, automatic review scoring play not stopped. And again, I think that's a play where if the flag is down, it doesn't get overturned in replay. I think they stay with pass interference, offensive pass interference, but they don't create it in replay. Again, another example, different standards. You think it's getting to the confidence of the guys in replay too, that they're like, I'm not going to call this one down or, yeah, they, I don't they, know. At the same time, they it's, should just do the same thing. You know, the, the standard has been what they've done, what they've told the replay officials, if you can't see it on the line feed, which is the live shot, if it doesn't jump out on the line feed, then you're not going to stop the game to review it. And, uh, and you've always said you don't want to create it in. Yeah. And, and so, and again, it comes back to on Sunday night football, you might have a very good camera angle right away that shows contact. And then on Sunday afternoon football, you might not have that look, and you might just have the live shot. And so, again, it's a it's a different standard, and and I think the competition committee, and that's why they were so hesitant to change this rule. Why it took several years. Why it took a a what look a catastrophic mistake in the NFC Championship game to get this rule passed. But but I don't think that this was even. I don't even think the coaches were on board with this when it was passed. I think the coaches wanted to go more to a video official sky judge concept. And uh, and and I think this is something. Look, we're only we're 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 almost done with week ten. We had going into the week, we had sixty two reviews, nine were overturned. That's a very low percentage. And uh, and and so far through we you know the game so far in week ten, there were two reviews, one was overturned. 
Um, I just, this is going to be really interesting how this plays out the rest of the way. Dean, do, I know that the officials all travel together like they're, they're a crew, right? Is the replay official included in that crew? Yeah, so the replay official is part of the crew. You have you have seven officials on the field that travel together. You have a replay official and a replay assistant that are attached to that crew. So there's so there's really nine people that are traveling together week in and week out. Now there are changes throughout the season, schedule conflicts, injuries, whatever. But for the most part, that that nine person crew is going to work together and and you want to build that continuity. We've had this conversation about the postseason, right? They this all-star crew concept where they break up the crews going into the postseason. We'll have a whole discussion about that once we get to the postseason. But that crew continuity is really important and that communication between the replay official, the referee, but with New York involved and the folks in New York, um, that's an it's an added layer. I think that that could play into it. You and I are friends. We, you know, you, you travel around the country. You work with people. Last thing I want is you giving me giving me stuff one night. Hey, you know, you overturned that PI call, and I really don't think you should have. You think that that plays into it, it at all? You know, no. I think I think initially when replay came back, I think there was trepidation on the on field officials. With you know, now you have somebody overlooking me immediately, and 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 it's going to be one of my colleagues that's going to overturn it. I think the officials on the field want to get it right. And and they're not concerned about that. Nobody, nobody likes that when they're. Imagine every decision you make. If somebody immediately comes up to you and says thumbs up or thumbs down, right? <laughs> like nobody would like a thumbs down. But but it's I just like on think, Twitter. Yeah. Well, yeah. We can talk about Twitter. Jeez. <laughs> but I, I don't think that that. I think the officials want to get it right. And I just think the standard is really the different standards is the real issue. And it's it's nobody's fault. It's just that when you make these plays, these subjective calls, reviewable, what you can see, what the human eye can see in real time is different than what we can see with technology and slow motion and, and multiple camera angles. And that's it. And look, and I, I'll be honest, I struggled. I felt like I struggled this weekend. I felt like I struggled a little bit on Saturday with some targeting, and that's subjective. And right. then you're trying to explain those things. I thought I struggled with just trying to – I feel like my role – during the game, I don't like people want to know what, what's your opinion, right? My well, guess what? I can give my opinion all day, and that's fine. And I have a I have an opinion on every play. That that's that's not um, I have an opinion on every play, but I have to try to explain the rule. Here's what the officials are looking at. Here are the factors that go into the decision. That's that's the first priority. Okay, how are they gonna? What are they gonna? What are they gonna look at to make their decision? then break that down and then give an opinion on, okay, I think it's a pass or I think this. And guess what? Sometimes my opinion is going to be different than the replay officials or different than the the, the people in New York. That's just part of it. But again, when it's so subjective, you know, like I said, I, th- I felt like I struggled a little bit just trying to explain things and trying to keep it clear for the people watching as to what goes into these decisions. And uh, And I think it's just part of, you know, it's part of the evolution of as the game changes, as rules changes, as we all try to get better. And that's something, you know, that I'll continue to work on going forward. Um, shifting gears a little. I mean, thanks, guys, for for saying that. Hey, you did a great job. You did a great job. Appreciate it. Thanks. Okay. So anyway, I didn't feel like I had to solicit that, but I'm great. Um, so two plays. This was interesting. Let's talk about some rules for a second. There were two plays um, where coaches – 
threw the red flag when they weren't allowed to. And 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 so they got charged timeouts. And the first one was was Tampa in that in that Arizona Tampa game where Bruce Arians, he was out of challenges. He he challenged a play early in the game, won it on a on a play that was ruled a catch and down. It was actually a fumble. And then he challenged a pass interference that he probably shouldn't have challenged because I didn't think there was any way he was winning that challenge. And why these why some some coaches have been upset about the the impossibly high standard is because I'm 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 risking challenges that I may need mm-hmm. later in the in game. In timeouts for sure. In timeouts. So he loses the second challenge. Now he's done for the game. And and as luck would have it, you have a play a little bit later where Kyler Murray is 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 being tackled. He throws a pass. They rule pass. He's actually down, and Tampa can't challenge. So Bruce, who's emotional at times, he throws the red flag. Now, you can't challenge that because you're out of challenges, so it's a timeout. If you don't have a timeout, it's a 15-yard penalty. This goes back to, this is called the Jim Schwartz rule. This goes back to 2012, Thanksgiving Day, Houston, Detroit, where Justin Forsett is down, but he gets back up, runs for a touchdown. The officials miss him being down. Schwartz, emotional challenge, sees him down, throws the flag. At that time, it was a 15-yard penalty, and then you couldn't review the play. (laughs) You couldn't review the play, so the touchdown stood when it was clearly down. And on top of that, and this is why Lions fans are so jaded, is because that rule I was just going to say, Lions again. That rule was so... That rule was so, and I'm going to use a big word here, Joe. That rule was so draconian in terms of, in terms, look it up. Don't in, take it as disrespect. I'm taking it as disrespect. <laughs> I'll take it as disrespect. So we, we were quoting 40-year-old virgin. Um, so that rule was so, that penalty was so bad. We, we talked about it after. We said, no way. We have to be able to review it. We changed the rule after that where it's going to be a charge timeout if you have a timeout. If you don't have a timeout, 15. But you still have to be able to review the play. If you don't have any timeouts left, is it then a foul? 15 if you don't have any timeouts okay. left, then it's a 15-yard penalty. Um, so that was the one situation. Then Sean McVay, and this is, this I can understand because this is a new rule. There was an interception that was negated by a penalty. And uh, and Sean McVay, because it was outside two minutes, threw the challenge flag. But the new rule this year is even if the turnover is negated by a penalty, the turnover basically triggers the automatic review. And and so he was not allowed to challenge that play. He threw the flag, so he was charged a timeout. So it's interesting, you know, the rules and the breakdown and, and just the evolution of those rules. But I think the biggest thing is... You don't want coaches because you don't want coaches throwing red flags when they're not entitled to. The big one is inside two minutes because a coach could throw a challenge flag inside two minutes, get the get the play stopped, and go. Oh, I didn't realize that was not reviewable, and now he, you know, he gets to change his defense. He got a timeout for his offense, and that's why you have those rules in place. Um, but you know, I think the one, I think Bruce. I think Bruce knew the rule. It was just emotional. I think Sean would have been a little a little more understandable because it is a new rule, and I think normally when that play did not ultimately result in a turnover that the coach can still challenge outside two minutes. I feel like Bruce is – he might be a premature challenger. I feel like we're constant. We we get a lot of flags thrown from him. He's been, but he's been. You should he, let him know I'm available for work. For work, no, <laughs> yeah. but he's got a guy. He's he was tearing it up. He won a couple of challenges. I feel like they they've been doing a good job. Um, you know, I just think that that was one that pass interference that he challenged. I don't think it, I think it was his DB and Larry Fitzgerald. I thought the DB grabbed Fitzgerald's arm on the inside. Uh, again, is it you know is it the is it the biggest pass interference in the world? No, but you got to understand as a coach right now. 
really any kind of contact, they've stayed away from overturning those calls. And and, and that's kind of where the standard is. And, and he should have kept that flag in his pocket. And, uh, and you know, and he knows. He, he'll he'll be, be the first one to tell you that, um, you know, with a couple of F-bombs, but that he shouldn't have flagged. He should have thrown <laughs> the flag. So, all right. But let's, uh, let's take a break and uh, we'll come back. We'll talk college football. We'll talk a little, uh, some stuff that happened in the cube this weekend. Go inside the brain of Blandino and maybe, uh, maybe settle a, uh, a rule, have a rules discussion about supermarkets next on Good Calls. What if AI could help your business deliver mission critical outcomes with speed? With IBM Consulting, your business can design, build, and scale trusted AI using Watson X and modernize the way you work to accelerate real impact. Let's create AI that transforms your business. Learn more at ibm.com consulting. IBM. Let's create. This Father's Day, shop at the Home Depot to find the perfect gift to help dad be everything he can be. Because your dad is more than just a dad. He's groundskeeper of the yard, the perfecter of the patio, and the cleaner of the clippings. He's the weed-fighting, hedge-trimming, leaf-blowing lord of the lawn. He sees the job, and he gets it done. Because your dad is a doer. So show him you appreciate everything he does with the tools he needs to power up his landscaping game. This Father's Day, give him the convenience and gas-like power of innovative and durable Milwaukee cordless outdoor tools from the Home Depot. Plus, get up to $150 off select Milwaukee tools. For everything Dad does, everything he is, and everything he can be, find the perfect Father's Day gift at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Shop for Father's Day now in stores or online at homedepot.com. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant... Just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. Welcome back. Good calls. Talked NFL. Let's talk college football. Let's uh, let's do a quick, real quick CFP rankings. None of us. Joe thinks. Oh, I was. Nobody was right. We all had our four teams. Nobody got all four. Joe did have the number one team in the country, but I think we all missed out on Penn State. But I don't think Penn State's going to be a factor this week because they lost to Minnesota. Row the boat, PJ Fleck. Yeah. But who's your top four, Joe? Who you got? Ohio State, LSU, Clemson, Georgia Bulldogs. Okay, Travis. I'm going Ohio State. I saw what they did last last time, and I I won't go with my heart and say because they're the champs, they should be at one like I did last week. But mm-hmm. what I think is going to be this week, Ohio State, LSU, 
Clemson, I think Bama stays in there at four. Ooh, okay. So I think we're all going to be different. I've got I've got LSU one. I mean, the big win. Ohio State beat Maryland. Um, scored like a million. LSU points. beat beat Alabama. So I think I got LSU, Ohio State, Clemson, and then I agree with Travis. I don't think Bama drops out of the top four. I think close they game. stay close game. Two, you know, n- number two versus number three. I think they stay number four, and Georgia I think is five. But okay, let's go to that game, LSU, LSU Bama, and the the most talked about play from that game, from an at least officiating standpoint, was Thaddeus Moss's catch um, in the in the second quarter near the end of the half. Down near the goal line, and it was a. It's really a. It's a complicated play, and I, and I think, you know, I wish that that the announcement would have been a little bit. I'm not gonna say better, but I think some more information would have been would have been helpful, because the ruling on the field was was a catch, and what ultimately went to review and the ruling on the field was not changed. They stayed with a catch, and there was just a lot of discussion as to why was that a catch because. Moss stepped out of bounds, reestablished, and was the first to touch. Well, what they ruled on the field, they ruled that he was forced out of bounds. So in college, if the player is fourth, the receiver's forced out of bounds, then he can come back in, reestablish with a body part, and be the first to touch. So that's what they ruled. There was contact by the defender. The, the contact is not reviewable, but whether he reestablishes and whether he catches the pass is – and he did reestablish, and he did appear to catch the pass, but the contact would not be reviewable. So that's what they ruled on the field. It was people were questioning that because they people that understand the mechanics and the official didn't throw his hat. And and we talked about this, uh, I think last week when when official has a player out of bounds, he's going to throw his hat. And he didn't throw his hat, but there was a discussion on the field. There was a discussion with the replay official, and what they ruled was that he was forced out. So so that's what. That's what took place. That's why that call was not was not overturned. Interesting side note about Thaddeus Moss. Who's Thaddeus Moss's dad? Randy, Randy. Moss. Randy Cash, Randy homie. Moss. So Randy Moss is a good dude. He's, he worked with us at Fox Sports, and, and it was at one of our seminars, and he told a story that I every time I think of it, I cry <laughs> laughing. And so Randy is a big fisherman. Randy is, is from uh, West Virginia, I yeah. believe. And he's a big fisherman. And and so he was telling the story that he was watching this this special on like Discovery, and it was about the Megalodon. Now the Megalodon is the prehistoric shark that was supposedly, you know, there was a movie, The Meg with Jason Statham, which was ridiculous, by the way. Um like you I watched it. I loved it, it, but it was ridiculous year. the stuff that, that Jason Statham did in that movie. But Megalodon is a prehistoric shark. It could grow to 50, 60 feet. And so the way Discovery Channel, I believe, did this documentary, they did it like these these marine biologists were actually really looking for the Megalodon, and they found the Megalodon off the coast cool. off the coast of, of South Carolina. And, and so if you're watching this, they did it to where it was almost like it was real. So Randy's telling the story that he's watching this, and he thought that the <laughs> Megalodon was real, and he didn't go fishing for like a month like in the he wouldn't go in the ocean because he thought the megalodon was in the ocean i think i think one of his friends was finally like you know that's not that's that's extinct right and and so i was crying because i watched it with my son he likes to use a lot of colorful language too it was hit him i don't do it justice him telling the story is amazing is amazing um, but really, you know, shifting gears to more serious note that we did get, you know, we got word that the Pac-12 actually suspended a referee from the from the Washington State Cal game. 
um, for a misenforced penalty. And, and Travis, you 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 saw the uh, kind of the release. What what was kind of summarize it for us? Yeah, so they just they just talked about how the the, the play was misofficiated or poorly officiated, where the, the the guy got the got the return. It was on a kickoff return. He went returned to the fifty. They called, I think it was uh, hands, to the hands to the face, and it would have been a spot foul. So they they had a spot foul at like the 16 or something. So they took him back to the eight yard line. However, they said it was on the receiving team, but it was against the kicking team. So it should have been the ball from the 50 yard line tacked on. So they would have had it at the 35 yard line. So it was Washington state. Washington state was, was the return team and Cal was kicking off. So this went, this went against Joe's so annoyed. This went (laughs) against Washington state. Are you kidding me? Yeah. So it was, it was a hands to the face and they enforced on the wrong team. So instead of, and and you think about the difference in yards, how does the coach not catch that? Okay. Well, you know, it's, they, the coach, they, they enforced it on the wrong team. And look, and, and this, this goes back to, you know, they people say officials aren't held accountable. Look, the Pac-12 suspended this. You know, suspended the referee. I mean, they they are held accountable, and that's something. and the other officials are downgraded. It said, in the and story. the other officials were downgraded on the crew, and that's one when you talk about penalties and, and enforcements. People, you know, as a supervisor, as as a head of officiating, I I always I could live with mistakes of judgment. You know, that's going to happen, and you know, the things I didn't I didn't tolerate were, you know. Mis- misenforcing a penalty, misapplying a rule, um, communication, you know, poor communication with a coach, with a player, those types of things. But that's a that's a significant situation in the Pac-12, obviously, you know, and this is this is all part of this new transparency and being more open about issues with officiating. And they uh, and they suspended that referee. So, it you know, it's it's never look, it's never a good thing when you have to do that, because you have you have officials that imagine going out and doing your job. And now you got to worry about, yeah, I'm going to get suspended. I potentially could get fired. And I know we all, you know, in all of our work that 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 you know, not doing a good job, we could eventually get fired. But it's just hard. It's hard to do that. And uh, and be under that type of scrutiny. So, but but Joe, you know, Joe has a Joe has an invested interest in in the Cal. He had an invested interest in the Cal Washington State game. We'll just put it that way. And uh, and the game didn't go his way. So, I'm a big Washington State. Fan. So so hey, Mike Leach. All right, so From let's Wyoming. let's go let's go in the cube and let's talk about you know we spend you know we were we were together Friday night. Uh, we were together all day Saturday and then and then on Sunday and there's a lot of good conversations but I think two that stood out for me and they were both kind of NBA related was we had the discussion imagine imagine <laughs> in the NBA if we took all the referees away and it was call your own fouls <laughs> just just who who would be the biggest who would be the biggest jackass like what NBA player Russell would Raymond Green no I think Harden I think Harden, Harden. too. I think Harden would be, I'll I'll be like, you, dude, that's a walk. And he'd be like, no. And then he would come up foul. Like, at the end, I was like, game point? You're going to call that? You're, you're going to call. Like, think about our, our just when we used to play Tuesday night, Tuesday night pickup game. Tuesday night pickup games. There was games. one, you know, I'm going to shout out. This, Chicky, I called one foul one four, time. There's four to five arguments every game. Like, full on, stop the game. We're going to argue about. There'd be huge brawls every game. But could you imagine? That's why people need, we need officials, people. Imagine, I would, but although I said it, 
if we could have like one week or one every team plays one game, I would watch those. You would <laughs> those watch would be game. the most watched games. Imagine calling your own fouls. How unbelievable would <laughs> that be? Just think about the last minute. The game's close. <laughs> Forget it. Unbelievable. Every foul gets called. You get touched. Your foul. It would be awesome. I would watch. I would. I, I'm just gonna say, Rob Chicky, shout out Ohio State guy, <laughs> right? We happen to have a GoPro. I don't. Somebody brought a GoPro that game. I called yeah. one foul, yeah. and it. I'm still hearing about it years. They later. were reviewing the reason. Okay, yeah. it's a pickup game on Tuesday in Hermosa <laughs> Beach, and they got a GoPro. That's number one. But <laughs> but they're still talking about the foul, no foul. It, oh my god, it would be amazing. I You'd hope, have to have those games. In I think we sent it to you. Fans. We sent yeah, it to you, you for it review to, me to make the call. You sent <laughs> yeah. it to me, and I thought it was no foul. I think. Thank you. Um. So then, then we were talking that the Laker game was on, and I. I guess I just haven't paid enough attention. I'm a Knicks fan. Haven't paid enough enough attention to the Lakers, but Alex Caruso, I just I hadn't really paid much attention to him. Like he he looks like he's 45 years old. He he's yes he does right. His hair, like, he's Falkley challenged. I mean, so what, hair. what we thought would be a great idea is to have Alex Caruso and Hunter Renfro, from who you the made Raiders, oh, wow from Hard Knocks. If we had those two like on a podcast, but they could present it as like they were former professional <laughs> players, like former athletes doing a podcast about their days. They're both like 20, 25, 25 and twenty five or younger, yeah, and and. Literally, if you didn't know and you saw these guys on a podcast and it was like, oh, those guys were former players, you're like, oh, okay, cool. Let's, what do they have to say? And they're literally like in the first three years of their career. Yeah. Like, Caruso's Renfro's second year, right? And Renfro's, Renfro's, Renfro's a rookie. He's I a think, rookie. Right? And he, and, he, and they're both good. Like, yeah. Renfro's like a stuff. They're both really you good. You know, you would think you'd smoke that dude in a foot race. That's the thing. Like, and you, you, you would see certain <laughs> professional athletes, like, you see them in a bar and be like, dude, that guy, he plays, he plays for the Raiders. I'm like, shut. Get he's 5'10", 185. He's twenty three years old, and he's and he and he was crushing it at Clemson. But I just think that it's uh, maybe it's the hairline. But I just Hims. think it would be amazing. Hunter Hims.com. It would bro. be amazing. Well, Carway to, 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 to have a podcast of those two. Um, all right, let's let's go to a rule. Let's break down, and we've all been affected by this. And I think we need to we need to implement a rule. So we're gonna we're gonna get the rules committee together. Supermarket. 10 items or less, 15 items or less, okay? What is the rule? Because I know I've been online and I've seen people, look, and I'm not saying I've never broken the rule. I'm, and I'm not saying oh, that, look, rule. it's like the speed limit, right? We, you 55 is a speed limit. We'll accept. What will we accept yeah, before yeah. you get a ticket? I'll speed, but I won't I won't do the uh, 15 items. The thing is, it's hard. when you're in a Tesla, yeah, Travis, it's kind of hard. It makes to, you uncomfortable. You don't like, see, Travis would never, speed. like, Travis, I'll tell you this. Travis, if it's 10, Travis, if Travis yeah. was 11, he'd go to the main because he doesn't would, like yeah. to be made to feel uncomfortable yeah. and he doesn't like when people like watch. Oh, him. my God. You he had him so uncomfortable, uncomfortable he gets today. So, uncomfortable. <laughs> so so I, I'm OK. Travis, you're different. But but in general, <laughs> what is the rule? I'm OK. Like to me, here's how I feel. It's it's not necessarily items. To me, it's a scan. It's not 10 items. It's 10 scans. Okay, that's that's your that's your rule book definition. I think that's the so actual rule. Count like a six pack. So is six yeah, items. six pack is one skin. Yeah, or right. if, if you buy seven cucumbers, it only counts as one. Or six. well, no, if you, get one, if you get seven one peaches item. and they yeah. have to put it down and weigh it all as one, yeah. okay. then I'm fine with. Or that. even if you buy like four gallons of milk, I think they only scan it one time. Yeah, they scan right. it once. They put in times four, and we're good. I'm good with that. I just I'm not if if to me. I can live, my limit is if it's 10 items or less, you can go to 15. 
I'm with you. And I'll I live think with that's 15. perfect. 50%. Okay. I'll live with 50. If you go 50, if you go 16 and above, what, and I won't, you really like to get me fired up to say something. It really has to be a lot, but my body language. Oh yeah. I will, I will sigh at you <laughs> and I will roll my eyes like nobody's business. I thought if it'd be funny if 16. they go over, you're like 16, 17, How about the, yes. the <laughs> the ca- I think it's perfectly legal. I think, I think if you go, if you go, if it's 10 items or less and you get to 15, then the people behind you should all count. 16, Everybody. Everyone. Yeah. Get on the loudspeaker. Well, no, I'll 17, right. yeah. 18 and count. I think it's also based on geography. If you're if you're in a really nice area, people generally aren't going to say anything. I was the way this came about is I was in Santa Monica near Dean's house. It's a nice area. Lady has twenty one items. That's not, a, not in, in a ten, in a 10 items. Item. Oh. Twenty one stands. Not acceptable in a fifteen. She went one over. Twenty one stands. Five. So that's I the rule. We get five. You get five. Keep going. No, sorry. I was so frustrated, but I just crossed the arms and. The cross the arms is, is is that's the yeah. start of it. But, it's almost the I'm point. Like, oh, I'll start huffing. I'll yeah. be like, it was <laughs> staring through the, the, and they know, like they know. Oh, she knows. She would not look. They she wouldn't make eye contact keep, with me. They won't look. They know. <laughs> she, she wouldn't make eye contact. Oh, and oh. I, yes, I had two items. Yeah. Can you? You should have been like, hey, I see that you have a few more than I. Can I just jump ahead of you? Like that's that's, that's a level. subtle way. That's I couldn't do level. it because she wouldn't look at me because she knew. Like I she, could feel, she could feel level. me just burning a hole through with my eyes. <laughs> I will get into. I don't want to. I don't want to like extend the conversation. Like, yeah. the, the, but rule, the rule is, you get five. fifty percent buffer. You get you get you get five. Anything above that, no. Sorry, and, and, I, and I feel like the and I feel like the the counter people need to police. They that. need to enforce it. They, they need, need to enforce yeah. it. It's like to me, it's like a gate agent. Like, sir, no, you don't need extra time to board. Like, so, go to the back right. of the line. So, Santa Monica lady, you were pretty and all, but there it is. No good. All right, let's uh, let's go inside the brain of Blandino. The what brain. Right, of let's see what Blandino. Here we go. How did Matt Damon agree to Scotty doesn't know? Oh my God. Okay. Yes. Perfect. So this is one of, to me, it's one of the most underrated comedies of all time. Euro trip. Uh, you guys seen Travis? Travis I've has seen, seen it. Oh, thank God. Cause half the time. I know the song too, but I don't think we have the right for me to sing you it. You can't, you can sing it. We just Johnny can't play. Johnny doesn't know that yeah. Fiona and me exactly. get on in a van every weekend. Exactly. All right. So to me, like Euro trip is not, it's not a, a, a list cast, right? It's not, it's not. And, Matt Damon just has this cameo as this like grunge punk rock, whatever you want to call it band. He's the lead singer and he's basically banging the main character's girlfriend, Fiona. And it's, he plays, he, and the song, like, I love the song. That song's great. Like great it's, song. I listen to it in my, in, in my car, whatever on the phone, but who, how did that happen? Like, how did, who was the, like, he's like, was, did Matt owe the director a favor? And was like, hey, Matt, what are you, like, the 18th of April, what are you doing? Are you, are you free? You want to come and just film this scene? Like, what, how did Matt Damon end up in Eurotrip for, for that, that role? Explain it to me, Travis. Well, I can't explain it to you. I'm trying to look at the cast and crew to see who maybe who? would have a connection, but I don't know. I don't like, know Matt the, Damon's the film one world of the enough. best actors, yeah. like, one of the best actors that we have going today. Like, Matt Damon, He's I argue, doesn't make bad movies. Matt Damon, like, the, it was all Ben Affleck, Matt Damon. They did Goodwill Hunting together. To me, ben, ben, ben Affleck can't hold a candle to Matt Damon. And Matt Damon just—he's got like a like a neck tattoo, and he's and he's singing this punk rock song. 
How, Travis? Explain it to me. So I can't. I've always I wondered you, I that. I've always I no wondered idea. that. So that's that's your job before the end of the football season. You need to tell me how Matt Damon ended up playing that. that we have role to start looking at Alec Berg, Daniel Goldberg here. Alec Berg, though. Alec Berg's a big producer. Maybe yeah. it's an Alec Berg Burke connection. That could be it. That's your lead. Okay, first forty-eight, Travis. Yeah. If you don't solve it in the first forty-eight, the lead it goes away. So you got it to go with it. That's a great show. Is it? It's an uh, unbelievable first show. 48. First 48 is amazing. If I watch the first 48 seconds of a first 48 episode, I'm in. You're I'm in. locked in. It's like, it's like Law and Order SVU. All right. And then lastly, I just DM of the week. Uh, to me, this is a combination of things. This is, this is somebody tweeted this at me and I was laughing my ass off. When you read it in the studio. I read it in the studio. And this was, so this goes out to his, his name is Fred Will Ponzi. And so that it's a, it's a, it's a play on words. It's Fred Wilpon was the GM of the Mets. The Mets, they were involved, was involved with Bernie Madoff, Ponzi scheme. Blah, blah, blah. There that's, you go. Well played. So, so it's at Will Ponzi. And so he, he, he tweeted me, Dean, do you watch Goodfellas or Sopranos to get this material? Now I had tweeted a picture of, um, the Godmother from Bay Cities, which is an Italian deli in Santa Monica. We ordered 20 sandwiches for the crew. And so I, I tweeted a picture out. So he responded, Dean, do you watch Goodfellas or Sopranos to get this material? Also, I always order the Gabagool and the Muscarule when I go to DM Bonininos, but they only take cash. <laughs> Did you pay them for that food by analyzing NFL rules from the Wikipedia article I rewrote this morning? So hilarious, right? I mean, racist is all hell, but, <laughs> but it's hilarious. He's making fun, blah, 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 blah. So I retweeted it and he, well he sent me a, he sent me a, uh, he slid in your DMs. He slid in my DMs and he was like, Hey Dean, what a good sport. I was clowning like a Twitter troll and you just turned into a uh, annoying in my book by taking that nonsense for a ride. Hats off, sir. So we responded, Hey, no, I was like, no problem. And now we're friends. Me and Fred Will Ponzi. See, that's how you Fred, kill BFS. him with kindness. Look Again, Dean Chaney, with changing lives. Changing lives, shaking hands. Hopefully we got a lot of eight to ten year olds listening to this and they learn a lot of lessons from Exactly. You. Exactly. Um We're done. We're done. That's it. That's, that's the show. show. All right, guys. Fun. This has been Good Calls with Dean Blandino. Please follow on Twitter at Dean Blandino and on Instagram at Dean.blandino. Follow the show on IG and Twitter at Rules Podcast, and be sure to rate our podcast on the iHeartRadio app and on Apple Podcasts. Good Calls with Dean Blandino is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. You wouldn't expect to hear that we're America's third best city for beer like this one. Or home to vibes like this. And this. It might surprise you that we're top 10 for immersive art that's like. Whoa. And. Hmm. Not to mention, we have one of the top zoos in the country. So can a city with the country's best pro soccer team, ranking as a top culinary destination in the world, be in your own backyard? Yes, Columbus. Plan your summer at experiencecolumbus.com slash summer. Your credit card should match your lifestyle. At Kemba Financial Credit Union, choose a card with benefits that work for you. For a limited time, all cards have 2% cash back on purchases and 0% interest on balance transfers for a year. Apply at Kemba.org. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. 
Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.